Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. Welcome to Loopold's Hunt Talk Radio. As I was walking, I saw a sign there on the sign. It said no trespassing, but on the other side, it didn't say nothing. Well, that sign was made for you and me. Hey folks, Randy Newberg here with a delayed episode of Leopold's Hunt Talk Radio. Hey, I am so sorry. How delinquent I've been on podcasts the last couple months. I would uh, bore you with all the details, but uh, you don't need to know them all. Uh, <laughs> everybody's got enough of their own life problems. They don't need to hear all mine. Uh, but anyhow, uh, hope you like the music. Uh, that we started putting in the podcast here. Uh, we did a, a film called Uncommon Ground. You can find it out on our YouTube channel, uh, Randy Newberg Hunter. And for that, we hired our buddy Joe, who edits this podcast also. He's like the, the big sound designer, music guy for big productions. And uh, he was able to get that music uh, put together for us. And so we now own that song. We're trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, one of the things we're thinking of doing is making it available for a download. And the money from the download would go to some conservation group or something. But uh, anyhow, whenever I hear this land is your land, uh, it puts a smile on my face and gets me pretty excited about the things I get to do and that I love to do. So... You probably noticed that change starting with the last podcast and uh, this one. Uh, I'm going to give you a few updates about what's going on in our world. I don't have a guest, so this is me talking off this. I got a whole bunch of things written on a whiteboard here in the office, and they're topics I'm going to talk about uh, in this podcast. We're also going to talk about the fact that the last draw of the year is the Arizona sheep and deer draw that is coming up on june i believe it's june 8th i better look at that before i tell you yeah june 8th so hopefully we get this podcast out the door by then uh and you want to be in on that uh if you want all the details on that i'd suggest you go to gohunt.com sign up for their insider use promo code randy they'll give you a 50 dollars gift card in their gear shop and they have a bunch of strategy articles about how to apply in Arizona, how to improve your odds. They have the best odds out there. Now they've come out with 3D maps on a desktop. And those of you who are currently Insider members, you have received the iPhone version of their mobile maps. And I, as a Droid user, I've got the mobile mobile version in beta for the Droid mobile maps. Uh, So lots of cool stuff going on out there. But... uh, We also want to thank Leupold for making this podcast possible. Uh, Don't know what we'd do without them. Great company. They support so many of the great things out there that we love, the shooting world, the hunting, conservation, access. Go to Leupold.com. Find out all the great new gear they have for 2021. Hopefully, if you're in the market for optics, you will consider them. And Nosler, uh, Nosler Ammo, <laughs> poor folks are working their brains out trying to keep up with demand. I don't know if they'll ever get caught up, uh, but they're doing doing amazing work trying to stay caught up. Uh, we use all their 
their bullets and, and their ammo. Uh, go to Nosler.com, find out what all they got, look for it on the shelves of your favorite retailer. Uh, but be there quick because every time I go by, there's people standing there taking it off the shelves as fast as it gets there. Um, and Mr. Ranch Packs, uh, right here in Bozeman, Montana, been using their packs since before I ever started these platforms. Uh, if you want to want to get a Mr. Ranch Pack, uh, and save 10%, go to the Go Hunt gear shop. And when you check out, use promo code Randy. And pretty much everything in your cart, maybe not everything, but most everything, uh, not items that are on sale. I know that's excluded. But anyhow, get 10% off anything in your cart, including your Mr. Ranch backpack. Uh, and then our buddy John over at the Wild Alaska Seafood Box.com, uh, he's got this amazing thing where he takes and connects you to all these small commercial fishermen in Alaska that believe in a sustainable harvest, high quality seafood. It's some of the most unbelievable stuff you can get delivered to your doorstep. Go there and sign up. And when you do, if you use promo code Randy, John's going to give you scallops for the life of your subscription. So with all that, where do we want to start? Uh, one of the things I, I'm going to give this email address, and I don't want everybody to think that I answer every email. I try, but I'm behind to the tune of thousands of emails, and I apologize for so many kind people who reach out to us. I can tell you that I read them all. I just don't have time to respond to them all. Uh, Instagram messages, Facebook messages, I just, I I don't, I, I don't, don't leave me messages there if you want me to read them. Uh, it's just not a place I hang out that much. Uh, but contact at onyourownadventures.com. We'll get your email in my inbox. Uh, my wife sorts them and helps me with them. And one of the thing, the reason I give that email address is one of the things I'm looking for is I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm shifting, but I want to have more listener feedback about what you want for topics and guests. And I know this spring, with all the legislative stuff in session, some of you have reached out to me and said, Newberg, I'm tired of politics. Quit talking about it. I get that. I'm tired of politics, too. I got a whole lot better things to do than spend hours every day fighting stupid bills in the state legislatures. But as long as we continue to have legislators and Congress people who think they know something about hunting and fishing and accessing conservation, we don't have any choice to be, but be involved in that stuff. So uh, hopefully we're at a little bit of an impasse here or a little bit of a lull and we can get back to talking about hunting and conservation and food and cool stuff like that. I know uh, coming up, I got Hank Shaw. He's been on the podcast before. We're going to talk about his new book uh, about cooking fish. I'm interested in his perspectives about fish. He always gives me grief about the way I cook things. And uh, I cook a lot of wild things. I just don't do it as well as Hank. Um, but if you go to contact at onyourownadventures.com, give me your ideas, uh, who you want for people, uh, guests, uh, and what topics are important to you. I, I always say we need another how to kill a big buck this year article or video or podcast. Like we need 
kicked in the knee. So I try to stay away from those. Um, the, the reason I've been delinquent in some podcasts this spring is I am finally pulling out of the funk of a very long post COVID complications. Uh, I've been on a no exercise protocol through the end of April and, uh, I've been now hiking slowly for the last three weeks and I can't even tell you how much better I feel mentally besides physically to be out in the fresh air doing the things I love to do. Um, so I don't want to go into all those details, but that's part of why I've I've been uh, behind the eight ball, um, but I'm I'm going to get caught up in all that. Uh, we got a bunch of guests coming here. Uh, I'm going to talk about one of the things we're talking about is uh, how conservation and access works. Uh, I have a guy, Bob Denning, who used to be one of the chief lands guys at the Forest Service. He's retired. He lives here in Bozeman, uh, and he's responsible for some of the most incredible public land access projects in in the northern rockies uh him and kurt alt a retired biologist from montana fish wildlife and parks who also worked on a lot of those projects we're going to have a conversation about how access gets created and how opportunities get lost um stuff like that uh i want to talk about here here's what's on my list folks i'll tell you what's uh on my list here written on the whiteboard hoof rot uh some guys from uh washington and oregon uh this spring reached out to me about the issues related to hoof rot in their elk out there and i'm trying to find some experts who really know the topic i don't know it uh so it's hard for me to have a discussion without having the experts there because these disease type things are always very interesting discussions they're never uh remember paul harvey used to say and now the rest of the story. There's always a rest of the story when we're talking disease issues because somebody wants a status quo, somebody wants change, and most people want something in between there. Uh, and then uh, Marcus and I have been talking about hunting spot ethics. Um, you know, when you bring someone hunting with you or you tell someone about a spot, what are the ethics of what you could, should, shouldn't do? Um, and then we have kind of a subtitle under that public land behavior. (laughs) If you were, I don't know, maybe I just had some weird experiences in 2020, but I've never in my life seen so much litter, so many people crapping on the ground. Uh, I, I, it's like, we're, we're going to destroy these public lands if we have too many more summers like 2020. So. I feel that as public land advocates, we have some responsibility to be at least talking about, you know, proper behavior while you're out there. But my guess is most of our audience probably are experienced public land users. So the reason there's kind of a little asterisk next to that podcast topic is, is it going to do much good? Because most of you are not the problem children. It's it's the new folks who just, I don't think it's uh, malicious. I don't think it's lazy. I don't think it's anything of, of bad intent. I think it's just ignorance, right? If you've never done it, no one's ever shown you, you go out there and you, you just do things differently. Um, 
then last summer uh i had uh an ophthalmologist or optometrist on my podcast i had a podiatrist so this year i'm trying to get the audiology guy uh hooked up because i don't want people to be like me uh, i don't want everyone to have to say huh what's that honey huh what <laughs> so i want to talk about that uh i drew a mountain goat tag in montana and that came about as the result of the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance in uh, what they call citizen science, where they volunteered to do a bunch of surveys for fish, wildlife, and parks because we didn't, our state agency didn't really have the budget. And uh, Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance offered the volunteers and covered a lot of costs. And they went out and did all these surveys. And after doing that, now we've had six years of hunting se- mountain goat seasons in this area. They did the survey. So I think that's a really cool topic. Um, there's a lot of value in the volunteerism of citizen science. It takes us into a whole bunch of things about native, non-native uh, populations. Like if you were listening, reading over the last, oh, I'd say 18 months, they were going to remove all the mountain goats uh, out of the Teton Range in Jack- outside of Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, because they said that the goats were non-native goats. Uh, whereas here in Montana, we give away a lot of mountain goat tags. I think we give away more non-resident mountain goat tags than any state in the lower 48. And uh, a lot of that is reintroductions or expansions uh, of where goats were not historically, but they are now and they're doing great. Um, so it gets into some of those topics. Um then I'm trying to line up uh, Lanny and Tracy Barnes, uh, two Olympic biathletes. Uh, I've known Lanny and Tracy for probably 10 years, and I always have threatened to have them on my podcast. And Lanny the other day said, yeah, we'll, we'll get on there. Uh, but if you've ever watched a women's biathlon in the Olympics, uh, you probably know of them. Uh, but they're also amazing shooters, two amazing people. Uh, big-time hunters, very successful hunters. And I'm interested in how hunting and the life skills that come from hunting uh, helped them as they became elite-level athletes uh, like they like they were and like they still are. Um, and then here's one. This topic has been out there many times, and I'm not – I still am not sure how to do it, but it's called the Elk Hunter MBA. Uh, I often get asked by people, you know, you've been successful in this and successful in that. It seems like business has been pretty good for you. How, uh, how did you pull this off? And a lot of my answers go back to hunting. To me, hunting is one of those pursuits that teach me and have taught me life skills that were so helpful in business. I, I don't think I could have went through any curriculum, any MBA class, any whatever business school teaching and got some of the traits, some of the skills I learned from hunting, primarily public land elk hunting because you fail so often. And there's so many variables you can't control. There's all these things that go into it. So we're working on that as a topic, trying to figure out how do we formulate that as is something that the audience would want to listen to. Uh, can't say that I've I've, I've <laughs> come up with the right guests for that. Um, so each of these are needing guests 
and me putting together uh, an outline and talking points for those. So that's what's on our docket uh, that I've rattled off here. Be interested what any of you would have in mind, or if you have comments or expansion or guests that you would suggest for any of the topics that I just mentioned. So uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, um, a lot of you filled out our survey that we did in April. And some of you think that we did this survey. I'm going to give you a little background to it. Uh, a year ago, we started a survey. We wanted to see from a content standpoint and a distribution standpoint what our audience was looking for. So summer, early summer, spring, late spring 2020, we do this survey and we ask all of you, you know, what, what do you want to have more content of? What do you want for additional subscription possibilities? And it was a really interesting survey. I appreciate all of you who participate in those. So this winter in January, I'm laying on the couch trying to figure out what's going on with my heart and everything else from my COVID event. But I was bored. So I come up with this idea that, all right, let's expand the survey from the prior year and let's go into some of these a little deeper. And one of them was what type of distribution platforms all of you were interested in. So some of, a lot of you got that survey and a ton of you replied. And one of you, Adam, uh, I believe it was Adam, uh, won a really cool Yeti cooler for responding. But, uh, we got ready. I told the crew, all right, let's release this the first week of April. Let's send it out. Well, little did I know the first week of April, our Facebook page was also going to get taken over. So a lot of you think that we did this as a response to our Facebook page getting hacked for two weeks, a little over two weeks. No, the survey was already completed. The survey firm had done everything. It was just a matter of hitting the send button. So... Facebook page gets taken over on a Friday. The following Monday, the survey goes out, and it had been scheduled to go out for a long time. So uh, that's there. There, it was just coincidence, uh, not connection, uh, as to why that went out. But your results have been very, very helpful in what distribution platforms we're having, which leads us to another distribution question or comment inquiry, whatever you'd want to call it, but. For the last two weeks, you've, the only way you've been able to access our Amazon Prime content is if you pay to rent it or download it, which I have no idea why that is. We have been working with Amazon. You know, Amazon Prime has all this video content. So we load all of our stuff up there over many, many years. Uh, we've got, I think, eight seasons out there. And we have a full time employee, David, amazing editor. All he does is his daily job is to work on these highly polished Amazon episodes. Well, there's a reason why they get a lot of views on Amazon and why their engagement rates are so high. It's because David puts a ton of work into those and our crew does a good job out in the field. Well, I apologize to all of you as to why now Amazon is saying you got to rent it or download it, but they haven't told us why that has changed either. When we get an answer, we'll let you know. But like every other big company, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know that I'm, I'm going to get an answer. So uh, things like that just show us the risks uh, that come with relying on other platforms for your distribution. So we're working on our own. Uh, we're, we have some very, very good partners who are helping us with this. Uh, that We're, we're going to figure out some other distribution options and get those in place. So uh, we'll, we'll be at less risk, maybe is what I would say. Um, so, and right now we're in the middle of planning our season. Uh, the, most of the tags have come in. Uh, like I said, I can't believe after 30 years I drew Montana moose and then I drew mountain goat and I drew them both in the same unit in the same year. That's crazy. Uh, and a lot of you, I know say, Oh, Newberg, you, you, you somehow have access to the system. Trust me. If I had access to the system, I'd have a sheep tag. I've never drawn a sheep tag and I wouldn't wait 30 years, <laughs> but it's funny to read some of that stuff. Uh, I get hackled a lot. Let's, I, I can assure you the number of people that are uh, giving me grief over that is significant. I deserve it. I'll, I'll take all the grief there is for the opportunity to go do that. Uh, we have some other uh, fun trips planned this year. A lot of you follow episodes where we have my Uncle Larry and his brother, who is, let's see, Mike is five years, four, four years, five years younger than Larry. Uh, anyhow, we're trying to get them together on a Wyoming pronghorn hunt. And I will just warn you all that if we do that, uh, <laughs> there'll be a few bleeps along the way. I don't know what the outtake video will sound like, but it'll be colorful. Uh, it, it'd just be a ton of fun, uh, if we could pull that off. So we'll, we're, let's see. Tomorrow is the deadline. This podcast, the deadline already passed by the time the Wyoming deadline is here. We already did all that information and videos, uh, so hopefully you didn't miss that deadline. Uh, so we got that one on the deck. Uh, my son Matthew, his 19th year, he finally drew Nevada elk, which it's kind of crazy. We didn't have any tags, and then all of a sudden we get Montana, moose, and goat, and then we get Nevada elk, and then... The next Monday, Matthew and I both draw our Colorado deer tags, but they're exactly the time frame of his color or his Nevada elk hunt. So we'll be turning those tags back in, I suspect, unless he thinks he's going to fill his Nevada elk tag in one day. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we, we went from feast or from famine to feast when it came to the tag stuff. And then we, we luck out. We always have the Montana over the counter deer elk and and other things so but that's uh that's what a season is going to look like for us and uh when we get all that stuff planned we'll start building storylines and everything else related to that and it, we spend all all summer working on production books storylines film permits all that and the first day we go out there pretty much everything in the production book that relates to storyline is irrelevant because the weather's different the hunting pressure is different the, it's a drought or it's a this or it's a that and uh too bad for us <laughs> uh, but i'm 
I, I enjoy that part of it. A lot of people ask me, "What not that the most frustrating part of what you do? Well, it's kind of frustrating, but it's also very enjoyable uh, to adapt and have to be on your on your toes, for lack of a better way of saying it, that, you know, uh, just like all of you, you go out there, right? What happened? Things are completely different the first day that you're there and your entire plan needs to be altered and amended. And so we're no different. That's, that's kind of how things are with us also. Um, and then this summer we've, we've always got a lot of events like we'll be at a thing in Utah for uh, mountain ops. We'll be at a, a, a rock a total archery challenge in park city with the Rocky mountain elk foundation at their mountain festival. We'll be a total archery challenge in big sky here in Montana. And then before we know it, the season will be upon us. So things, things go by really, really fast here when you got this much, uh, content that you're trying to produce. Marcus and Michael right now are in Alaska uh, bear hunting and salmon fishing, I believe. I don't know which is their higher priority, but we're trying to tell more of those kind of stories, trying to involve more of the crew so that you get to see a little bit more about who all works here. Each of them have their unique stories and and characters. Uh, and for me, I, I kind of feel like the old gray-haired uncle. Who, these are my you know underlings, if you want to call it that. And I... I really enjoy some of the ideas they come up with. Uh, a lot of the stuff we've done that has worked out really well were not my ideas. They were the ideas of the crew. And so I'm always open to experimenting with them, uh, either in front of the camera or, or them putting me in front of the camera. And I try to carry out their ideas. Uh, oh, also, those of you who watch our YouTube stuff about paddle fishing, they're not an endangered and extinct species. Uh, I understand that some of you watch the Discovery or whatever, and over in China they are extinct, the paddlefish of China. But I, I don't know what it is, but we just get inundated with comments from people who want to tell us that we're killing the last of the paddlefish. Well, we the guys went up and did it again this year. I've never drawn a paddlefish tag where I could keep the paddlefish. You, you, in Montana, you either draw, they call it a keep tag where you can keep it, or a snag and release tag. Well, I'm not going to go up there and snag and release them, just not my gig. Uh, so I never go on that trip because I never have the tag. Uh, but it is a highly managed fishery. Uh, don't got to worry about those being extinct. But the guys were up there. Marcus caught another 70-some pounder. Uh, one of his buddies caught one that was 90 pounds. It's like, whoa, that's big fish. <laughs> Especially to be reeling them in in a river standing on shore. You think about that, a 70 to 90-pound fish you're going to reel in standing on shore fighting the current, all that. So it's, it's really cool stuff if you haven't already uh our first episode is out there on our youtube channel of a new series that marcus and michael are working on called any fin goes and uh the paddlefish will be part of that and the idea is to go to unique fisheries and talk about more than just catching a bunch of fish you know what's what's the 
story about the species, about the conservation, about the water system, whether it's a lake, a river, a reservoir, a creek. Talk about things like that that really affect us and tell stories around it. So that's what we've been working on. Uh, you'll see some of that stuff rolling out. And uh, it allows us to get away from the heavy dose of politics in the last six months. So anyhow, uh, I thought I might want to bring a few updates into play here. Uh, I said go out to go hunt and sign up for the Insider if you really want the, the nitty-gritty about the Arizona applications. Uh, Arizona is in a serious, serious drought. Uh, worst drought in 25 years and their fawn ratios they they manage based on fawn to doe ratios uh that's one of the components if you go out there they have a really good video on the arizona game and fish website about how they do their season adjustments and season settings and whenever you have really bad drought like they've had the last two years they crank the tags down They'll do that for elk. They'll do it for deer. They did it back around the, right near the turn of the millennium and like, I think it was 2000, 2001, 2002. And as quick as the moisture came back, they cranked the tags back up. So I think they should be commended for the job that they do. Uh, them, Nevada, Wyoming, uh, those three states really pay close attention to this stuff and they're adjusting tag numbers accordingly. And I, uh, I, instead of hunters criticizing that, I I hope we all realize that you you can't control some of these environmental conditions, and the only thing you can really control is how much harvest happens, uh, and especially taking that harvest off the the antlerless species or antlerless. Uh, community of that species is super important. So Arizona, uh, kudos. Uh, I know you you're been dealt a bum hand, but if history repeats itself, when you guys get some moisture, uh, you'll be cranking tag numbers back up, and we'll all forget about this and say, "Oh man, this is so great." Uh, but for right now, it's always frustrating. Uh, the deadline, like I said, is June 8th. Uh, you got to buy $160 non-refundable license if you're an adult. If this, this is one, don't forget, if you have a youth hunter in your house, five bucks as a non-resident, they get their hunting license and $5, they get a point for each species. So many people will ask, well, how did your son end up with that many Arizona points? Well, back when he was 10, 11, 12, 15 years old, I was spending $5 to buy him a non-resident hunting license and to buy him some points. And so by the time he became an adult, he already had a whole gunny sack full of Arizona points. So uh, don't overlook that if you got young people in your family uh, who, who you want to build points for. Arizona limits us up to 10% of the tags as non-residents. Uh, you've seen in our videos or heard on the podcast before, they split their draw into two pieces. 20% of the tags in the first draw go to the highest point holders. The other 80% go in a bonus point draw. Uh, that 10% non-resident cap, only half of it can go in the first part of the draw for the high point holders. Any unused portion can go into the second part of the draw. Uh, they give you two choices. Use them very smartly. Okay? Don't... <laughs> I, so often you see people 
don't use both choices or they use them in a way that makes no sense. They put the easiest choice first and the hardest choice second. Arizona looks at your first two choices, and if they aren't available, they go on to the next person. And after they do all the first and second choices, they come and do the third, fourth, and possibly fifth choices. If you're a non-resident, don't even worry about a third, fourth, or fifth choice in Arizona. Just focus on your first and second, and you're good. Um, you can earn additional points through taking the Arizona Hunter Ed class, uh, and you can get a loyalty point for every species that you pl- apply for for five consecutive years. Uh, Arizona State Trust Land, a lot of states, there's different rules. Arizona, the rules are that if you have a hunting license, you can go hunt those lands. Um, you can turn in a tag in Arizona. Uh, there's a point guard thing. You pay five bucks extra and you're good to go you can once in i think once per species you can take advantage of that point guard it's like buying insurance you get your points restored and you're uh you get a point for that year so i can't think of any arizona tag i'd ever turn back but for those of you inclined to do so uh that's an option for you for paying five extra bucks so don't miss the deadline june 8th um like I said, all this stuff is in so much detail, I could never cover it all. Uh, if you go out to Go Hunt and sign up for the Insider, just make sure you use promo code Randy so you get your $50 gift card. And uh, that's the, that's kind of a quick catch-up here that I wanted to do. Today was Memorial Day. Uh, I was out fishing last week, me and Kim, my wife. Uh, we went up fished our favorite walleye lake and it was 38 degrees raining and 25 mile an hour winds so we sat in the cabin most of the time uh but we always adjust our fishing schedule so that we're back home on memorial day because memorial day is a really big deal to me uh i go to the service here in bozeman uh i don't miss it and that's just a personal story uh high school classmate longtime friend uh you guys have seen jerry pritchard on a lot of our content uh the third musketeer of that group when we were kids was bob olson robert leslie olson major u.s army uh died in training in february 12 2001 uh so uh him and a lot of others who they they made a big sacrifice for all of us. I uh, I make sure that uh, this day is dedicated to Major Olson. So, Bob, miss the hell out of you. I, uh, I always think of you on this day and, and a lot of other days. And I know a lot of you out there know somebody or, or have somebody who uh, is no longer with us. And Memorial Day probably has the same special meaning to you that it does to me. So... But on my way back, I was driving by the office and said, you know what, the audience probably thinks I got captured by the Russians or something or fell off the end of the earth or ran off and joined the circus. Who knows what? Um, But that's the update uh, of where we're at, what we're looking for. If you have more ideas, um, I'm doing a podcast, I believe, on Friday and then one next week. So we'll get caught up here. But I apologize. And I really appreciate all of you listening, all of you following along, supporting us, 
Can't thank you all enough. I hope that your mailboxes are just stacked full of tags that you, you just you can't even believe your good luck. You're trying to figure out how you're going to get enough time off work to go and hunt them all. Uh, and again, if you got any idea or if you have comments, send, send them to contact at onyourownadventures.com. And like I said, I, I won't be able to respond to them all, but I do read them all. I, I can assure you if an email gets sent to me, it gets read. I just don't have enough hours in a day to respond to all of them. Sometimes I'll just be in an airport or whatever, and I respond to some of them. People are like, I can't believe you responded to me. It's like, well, good luck. Your email came in when I had my email open. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, you all uh, have a great summer ahead and be paying attention. We'll be doing a podcast about how you can still go hunting this year. There are some options that are going to be available to you, whether it's return tags, second choice tags, second draw tags, over-the-counter tags. All hope is not lost at this point. So uh, we're going to go into more detail because there's changes in Nevada, changes in Colorado and how they're doing that. Um Wyoming, there's just anymore. There's not that much for leftover tags, but you always got the over-the-counter options in Colorado for elk. Um, and there's some return tags occasionally in Montana and Idaho. So we'll be talking about that probably in mid-June would be my guess. So thanks for being here. And as always, remember, this land is your land. When the